Hello and welcome to The Deal, the 2nd Brigade, 1st Cavalry Division's official podcast. I'm Army Sergeant Elliot Valdez. With me, I have Army Staff Sergeant Jonathan Hoover. I'm alive. And also we have Army Captain Marcus Byrne. Yes, I'm here. And our special guest this week is the Brigade Physical Therapist, Captain Justin Zimmerman. What's going on, Blackjack Nation? Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Welcome, welcome. Don't be afraid. You can come right up into the mic and get right there and... um, you know what? I don't think there's an episode yet that you haven't been like, come on, come, come on, on up hey, here to the mic. We just motioned you to get closer to the we, mic. We got to get up here. We got to get it. We got to get on the mic. Um, well, we're like a doo-wop band. We're all huddled around one mic. One microphone. We like a little pit fire so we can just start. I want to send a, a shout out real quick. Thank you to AFN Studios here over here in Afghanistan for letting us use their production studio to uh, record our podcast. It's big shout out to them. Um, and I got uh, Captain, our guest named. I got our guest's name right this week, Zimmerman. That's an easy one to say. Now, if you could only speak right, and if I could only speak right, and then I got the whole shebang. We'll be talking about physical therapy, what it means for soldiers deployed, and uh, some things for families back home. Again, welcome to the fifth episode of the Deal. That's right. We are now featured as new and noteworthy in the iTunes Store and podcast, the government section, government and organizations section, government and organizations. We have a five star rating with. 10 ratings so just thank you we we love yes, it thank you thank you keep, for stopping by and rating and commenting keep keep going with that just if you uh if you're if you're following us on itunes which you can get on your iDevice, ipad iphone um your, your ipod head over to that rating section just drop a little five stars on there if you want to you know it'd be, it'd be great but uh yeah we're doing good we're loving it and we're loving what we're doing so thank you very much uh we're the only brigade combat team in the army with a five-star rating on iTunes. You Only know one. Only Brigade Combat with, Team that with, I can find. With them 10 ratings. That's right. So thank you. Um, we'll, do, we'll, be, we'll do our best to uh, keep an informative, entertaining show for soldiers and families of the Blackjack Brigade. Is that a, That's a hot topic, though, isn't it? Would yeah. that be considered a hot topic? That we got five-star ratings with 10 ratings, and we we hit new and noteworthy. You know, I think we hit new and noteworthy. I don't think that's a hot topic. Is that tooting hot, our own horn? I think that's tooting our own horn, but I think, uh, I think we deserve it. Okay, I, I think so too. I don't think it's a hot topic though. Or I'll play some Gary Owen right here, because that's so good. It's, it's that's how good that is. Um, of course, I have to plug our Facebook page, Second Blackjack Brigade, First Cavalry Division, and I'm not going to forget Twitter at First Cav Two BCT. That's the place to find out a lot of good information. What's going on with your Blackjack soldiers right here in Afghanistan? Tell everyone we are available through iTunes. Please make it happen. If you're on iTunes, subscribe to the Deal. That's the name of the show, the Deal. Because it's what's the deal going and on. And you'll know it's the right the deal because it'll have a big calf patch on it. It's, it's not going to have a little calf patch, that's well, for sure. It's nothing has have, a little calf patch. It's got a big calf patch. We have, I think we've painted calf patches on just about anything we can paint them on over here. Yeah, I think so. That's that's, that's what you're supposed to do, though. That's like SOP. It's called pride. There's, I think there's like an order on it. Yeah. <laughs> you see a T-wall? Put a calf patch on it. All right. Uh, before we get to talking Cut with yourself, the, put a cap patch on. <laughs> before we get to talking with Captain Justin Zimmerman, um, I want to talk about the feedback and questions we've got from Facebook. Now, now it brings us to hot topics. Hot, hot topics. topics. There you go, hot topics. So, so I'm talking about this week. Uh, I put it out on our Facebook page to get some questions in, and uh, we got some good ones. Um, also, I want to. Well, I'll get to it in, in a little bit. Our first question. They're asking. They say it might be a silly question, but do nine-month deployments ever turn into year deployments? If so, do soldiers know ahead of time? Well, I mean, I guess the easiest way to answer that is we're here to do what the mission asks of us. Right now, we are still scheduled for a nine-month deployment. 
Um, there's no signs or anything that we would be needed any longer than that. But if we are needed longer than that, we'll do what we need to do here to complete the mission. And uh, the chain of command and the FRG and the root detachment task force version commander back at home will make sure our families and um, soldiers are taken care of. And the most important thing is, do we know ahead of time? Well, I mean, we would know when the army tells us like anything else. Right. It's a hurry up and wait. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, right now there's no indication right now we're tracking, you know, nine month deployment. That's what we're uh, tracking right now. So uh, until you hear from uh, Blackjack 6, Colonel Whittle, the brigade commander, uh, from your FRGs in an official response or from uh, the chain of command and task force Pershing back at home that we are going to be here any longer than nine months, um, we're not going to be. And, and I think it would take extraordinary circumstances for us to be here past nine months. And I, I just don't see that happening right now well captain Byrne, i think that that uh answer right there it's actually going to kind of tie in with their second question um because someone was was asking on our facebook page they're curious about the information flow about you know how we get that information and i think really for maybe both of those questions it's for families back home a lot of that's going to fall with the frg yeah that's the frg i mean if you're not linked in with your frg your frg leader and you don't know who that is and they don't have your phone number or, or your email just to send you an email uh, every couple of weeks to give you an update or let you know what's going on, then you need to get involved with that if you want to be tracking. And, and it's just not for the family members that are in the Fort Hood area. There's also, you know, if you want to be uh, tracking what's going on in the FRG and, you know, you're somebody's parents that are in, you know, the Midwest or in the Northeast, uh, you can, uh, we can get that information to you. If you contact us, we can tell you who the FRG leader is and you, you can be in tune with what's going on with your soldier. That's, that's good. Uh, also, I mean, I, once we know, we'll we'll know, we'll let everybody know on the podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can hear it here, uh, <laughs> or you can hear it right here too. Once anything is made official, I mean, we can talk about it here on the podcast. So, yeah, uh, but as of right now, we don't see anything. We don't see us going uh, any longer than nine months, and that's where we're at right now. That's, that's where we're at. That's re- that's where we're at. The unless uh, unless uh, commander says otherwise. Yeah, unless we get an order, and you know, commander comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to be here longer," or even shorter because somebody asked the question how far ahead would we know if we're going to be here a shorter time well it all depends on when the order gets cut you know uh, but we'll inform families as soon as we can because it really becomes an operational security issue right uh talking about you know when we're leaving and all of that so um we kind of keep if there was anything to happen you know that'd be kept, kept uh close hold for a while and uh, as long as we needed to for operational security and then we'd let the FRGs know and they could let the families know. But you would have plenty of time. We would ensure that you had plenty of time to make living arrangements and make uh, arra- whatever arrangements you need to. Right. If your soldier's coming home early or late, you know, later, which right now, nine months. That's all That's all I can really say is plan for nine months. For our questions on our Facebook uh, this week, we actually have like two topics, uh, a bunch of questions, but it really it kind of narrows down to two topics. That, that topic right there... Uh, definitive answers of soldiers coming home when are they going to get home mm-hmm. um and then our other topic is mail everyone wants to know about mail yeah. um we're we actually have this question right here mail uh, is important do i want to know where my mail's at do you want to know <laughs> how long is your mail taking to get here sorry Hoover. uh it was originally pretty quickly but now it's going on two or three weeks now so it that's kind of a standard over here about two or three weeks so some people are writing that um they think it's taking a just an incredibly long time and it kind of is uh do you guys receive your mail by truck convoy i have an item that i would like to ship for my son for his birthday but the website advises against against it if it's delivered by truck convoy uh his packages have taken about 23 days to arrive yeah that's a little over two that's you know that's two days over 
three weeks. Three weeks, you know. So we say two to three weeks. It could be a little longer. It might be shorter. And do we? Do they go on truck convoy? I mean, it depends on where they're I th- stationed. I think it's just you're exactly. It's it's everything. So you know, a plane to get over here. Maybe a helicopter from here. Maybe a truck from here. Maybe an airplane from here. Maybe another airplane from here. Yeah. So it's actually going. Your one piece of mail isn't. It's going on many different uh, ways yes. on travels to get to where it's going. That's probably why it's taking so long too. The only mode of transportation we're not using to deliver mail is like cargo ship and carrier pigeon and kites and kites i mean i mean we're doing everything we can to make sure mail gets to soldiers but i will say mail is getting to soldiers it's just taking a while so you just have to have a little bit of patience with that sir hoover yeah i I have a little experience working with mail from you you were you're the mail you're the mailman i i was you were the mail not anymore but uh yeah the mail it typically to get here it probably stops at 15 20 locations Really? Oh, yeah. Easily. Okay. Well, well it goes from the... You order it. Maybe we should they, do a story on that. How what, does mail get to you? How, did, how does mail get here? I think we yeah. owe you a story on that. We, we might have to do that. Thanks. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry, but I'm just saying, you know, you order it, and right. then someone play, goes out in the warehouse, gets it, right? Mm-hmm. and then they got to take it to somewhere else to ship it, and then Ipso that person's got to come pick it up. Make a story short. So, so yeah, really, a lot of places. It, you know, the fact that yeah. if they get something and you mail something, 23 days later, they get it. If it's after their birthday, um, I don't know what to say except for, well, at least they're going to get it. At least yeah. they're getting something, you know. They'll get uh, it. Well, I mean, we'll make sure soldiers are taken care of. We'll make sure they get their mail, because mail is important. So Right, but I, I, I know everybody that I know uh, over here has gotten what they've ordered or gotten what they've mm-hmm. expected from their families back home. Nobody yep. has ever, nobody in two months almost has come up missing mail. Right. So that's that's fantastic. Um, but with that mail question, the the length of time that it takes to go, we have another question. Um they were told not to mail chocolate due to the heat because mail's taking about two or three weeks from the states. Well, I've told people to send me chocolate because you can always refrigerate it and it goes back to its original hard form right. and the wrapper will just peel off. If it shows up and it's melty and squishy, I just cool well, it off that's, again. Well, that's for you. I mean, we're looking at the next couple of months. It's going to cool down really well. I mean, you've been here before, Sergeant Hoover. What does yeah. it get like in September, October, November? Freezing. Freezing, really? And Perfect freezing. time to send chocolate. All right. October, September, it cools down. Like, well, you you woke up in the morning when we do in PT. That's right. And yeah. it's already getting now. It's cool. getting already kind of cool. So just think, in a couple months, that's going to drop even lower. And by December, you don't even need a refrigerator. You just put the water outside, and yeah. it'll freeze the, for you. The thing is about those foods. Uh, anytime they're sitting, even if it's uh, the temperature outside is maybe a nice seventy-two degrees. When they have them in these uh, containers or something like that, that the the heat rises inside there. So they're they're going to melt. As long as they're in sealed packages, I don't think it's too bad. I have a story with uh, my gummy bear package. I got gummy bears, a big old package of gummy bears. I was like, yeah. And I opened it up, and it was one solid blob of gummy. And I had to, it was like a gummy loaf. And I was like slicing it, like, hey, you want some gummy loaf? Yeah, but you and know what? I, I loved it. Put it on I, your sandwich. You know, it's. It was, I've, de- I've dealt with that before. And, and but that it's still is edible. So I ate it, you know. It's so yeah, great it's that way because cake. all the yeah. flavors and tastes mixed together. So right. you're getting like that every bite. It looks like a lava lamp that's cooled down and the wax inside is just a big blob. That's exactly what it was. But, but you know, it hey, tastes wonderful. It tastes wonderful. And we're, I tell you what, soldiers are still happy to get it, you know, oh, so. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Mail, mail, and uh, when soldiers are getting home, that's going to ha- wrap up our hot topics. Didn't Thank they, you. Uh, What's they that? Ask about the truck convoy. Well, how we, much mail goes truck convoy? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, we can't. I don't have the numbers. I, don't know, I have no idea how much mail goes truck convoy. Like I said, once it depends on where that soldier stationed. Yeah, at. you got to remember, Second Brigade is uh, we're spread out through 
a couple of regions here in Afghanistan. So depending on where your soldier is, if they're one of the outlying fobs, it's going to take a little longer, but the, the mail will get to them. I mean, um, so, you, I mean, you're talking about, like we talked about uh, last podcast, you know, first I put a, a postscript on the last one about 1st Battalion, 5th Cavalry Regiment, 1-5. They're, you know, they're spread out a little bit, so it's going to take a little longer for the mail to get to them. And they're also, you know, getting a change of address here soon. So, you know, that's things we got to look out for, but we'll make sure soldiers get their mail. And if it comes to Bagram, the units here will pick up their mail and forward it to wherever that soldier's at. So the mail is going to get to them. It's just going to take a, maybe a little bit longer. But the mail will always make it to them. Yep. I think once the word kind of gets out that, yeah, it's two or three weeks, then not everybody's in a rush to, to have it in four or five days. Thank you for the questions. Before we record, uh, we'll, we'll make a post on our Facebook page, The Deal Questions. Um, but you don't have to wait for that, really. If you have questions, send us a message on our Facebook page, 2nd Blackjack Brigade, 1st Cavalry Division, and uh, we'll get it answered as best as we can, as soon as we can. Um, we're just picking some highlights out here for our show. Um, but that's Hot Topics, coming straight from the listeners. We're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back with physical therapy questions and answers. So stick around. Uh, as it stands right now, most of our vehicles are up and running. Uh, we just try to make sure that everything can be at 100%. And after this, I'm honestly not sure what's coming up next. It could be uh, a vehicle that could get hit by an IED. It could be just a regular service. We don't know until it happens. Inside a large steel hangar at Kandahar Air Base, Afghanistan, Toolboxes line the walls, a handful of soldiers move vehicle parts in and out, and a soldier finishes sweeping in the corner. Three large military vehicles are parked inside, and Private First Class Michael Ellis is on one of the vehicles, mixing a combination of Bondo and Hardener. I'm a track mechanic. Well, what my job requires is for me to fix anything that would come into our bay that would be either battle damaged or service required, say, annual service, uh, semi-annual service, just to keep the vehicles up and running and going. Today, Ellis is repairing the engine cover of a truck, bodywork. Looks to me like either they had uh, some kind of equipment mounted. I think it probably was something along the lines of a, uh, like a spotlight. Um, and whenever they took it back in, they took it off for whatever reason it may be and just didn't patch the holes up. As a mechanic in 1-8 Cav 2nd Brigade Combat Team 1st Cavalry Division, technical skills can come in handy in and out of the motor pool. We're not uh, working on a vehicle, we're cleaning or making the area better. Building different things varying from like fixing latrines to building a shower house. Uh, there were certain things that weren't built here because uh, I'm not exactly sure why they weren't built here, but just in case our uh, battalion motor sergeant had told us, hey, we need this, make it happen, basically. And we went out, we built it all up, and it's uh, actually operational. Some of my friends think that I uh, sit around <laughs> just from the friends that I have uh, back home that have been in the military and have deployed, but they weren't as a uh, busy MOS as mine. And uh, then my other friends know exactly what I do, the other mechanics, and they, uh, <laughs> they think I'm always working. 
I do like the kind of work I do. Most of the vehicles in the motor pool have tires the size of household dining room tables and engines with serious horsepower. For gearheads, car junkies, how could you not like this type of work? And private first class Ellis would definitely fall into the car junkie category, especially when it runs in the family. Uh, yes, my family uh, actually was the ones that mostly taught what I do. Uh, I learned a lot of it before I came into the military and uh, just continued learning as I came through the military. My family being uh, my grandfather, my uh, stepdad, and my mom even, uh, we all built and restored cars from late models to new models and I've always been working on them. Uh, right now I have a 1951, 1951 Mercury that we just picked up and I'm restoring it as we speak. My dream car is a uh, 1969 Dodge Charger and I'm actually in the works of trying to find one of those right now. Whether he's fixing combat vehicles or restoring dream cars, Ellis believes right now is the preparation for his future. The best part about this job is going to have to be, to me, the experience. I'm getting more training and I'm getting better and better at what I'm doing for whenever I do actually get out of the military, I'll be able to go out and get a civilian job fairly easy doing just about the exact same thing I'm doing here. For America's First Team, I'm Army Sergeant Elliot Valdez. Welcome back to The Deal, Army Sergeant Elliot Valdez, Army Staff Sergeant Jonathan Hoover, and Army Captain Marcus Byrne. We are here with Captain Justin Zimmerman, the Brigade Physical Therapist. Captain Zimmerman, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Would you like to share what your role is here in the Brigade? So I am the Brigade Physical Therapist. Uh, I basically am traveling out to any FOB where we have a 2nd Brigade soldier, pretty much anywhere. Uh, that includes future changes. Um, right now, I have 12 different FOBs that we go to. It takes me about a month and a half to get through a complete rotation. Uh, but we're seeing people along the way, uh, doing classes, medic training, unit training, uh, whatever anybody wants from a command level uh, to the lowest uh, soldier level. If you got questions regarding uh, sports, nutrition, supplements, anything at all, reach out to one of the aid stations. They can uh, locate me and, and I'll track you down and have a nice little conversation with you and try to answer whatever you need. So you said you're seeing soldiers all throughout the uh, FOBs. What, what kind of things are you seeing with soldiers? So right now, uh, we just got here. Everybody's looking to, to really beef up and get in shape, going back home yeah. with, their, with their beach bodies. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of overuse injuries. Uh, that's great. If you want to get fit, all support to you. I'll help you get there. But you got to make sure uh, you're, you're building in the rest days. Uh, you're getting nice, nutritious meals. You're staying hydrated. But you got to work for it. Definitely, you know, stay in shape. Build a nice exercise program, stay consistent with that exercise program, uh, and make sure your body's getting the rest that you need. Otherwise, you're going to set yourself up for injury. Uh, that's going to set you back. You're going to have to take a couple forced days off of working out. Uh, that may change your mood a little bit, and then you got to restart the program. Okay, sir. Um, so you're making rotations around the different fobs. Uh, you said 12 different fobs? 12 different fobs. And at these, uh, when you stop by each one, are you just talking to soldiers, or you're, or you're doing these classes at... Yeah, so at the FOBs. every time I go somewhere, uh, I'll set up camp uh, in the local aid station or in a hospital, wherever I can, even uh, on 
a Humvee truck. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, if somebody needs to be treated or they just have a question, I'll sit down with them, do a full evaluation, give them what I can. Um, pretty good aggressive treatment uh, style. So if I can just give you exercises that you can do on your own, keep you out of the clinic, uh, that's how we're going to operate. Uh, I haven't had to send anybody out of country. Don't really plan on sending anybody out of country unless it's something significant. Uh, but we're going to keep you strong. We're going to keep you here and keep you in the fight. Okay, no, so no pulled muscles or, or anything like that. So no, nothing significant. We had, you know, some rolled ankles, some sprains, right? Uh, but nothing too significant at all thus far. It, it's uh, there's a lot of gravel in between the just the the barracks and the tents and stuff like that. You're walking through, just some normal walking. Uh, people roll their ankles exactly. on that all the time. That uh, those loose rocks. What, what, so what type of classes are you actually giving? Uh, so we're doing. Uh, we're starting everything out with just a, a fundamental class, how to lift properly. So you, you so go lifting to, weights, lifting weights. You know, uh, doing squats, deadlifts, curls, rows, uh, cleans, anything that basically the whole body exercises we're going to hit on. Yeah, uh, but if I do the lift correctly, then I can't deadlift 350 pounds. Exactly. That's the problem you see. You go to the gym, you see big guys, small guys, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're trying to stack the weight and they're flinging stuff around thinking that they're getting a good exercise, but really it, it's a portion control of, of what they're not getting. Okay. Uh, so form is key, learning the exercise properly, and then you start building up the weight repertoire. It's like I have a, I have a story about people deadlifting. Uh huh. You were you were in the gym with me that day, Sergeant Valdez. Oh yeah, the, I, I was. In yeah, the gym I was. With you. I was less than a foot away from Fort Hood, literally. <laughs> uh, we were, we were in there, and this guy had like five forty-five pound plates on each side, and he was deadlifting. Of, and he was deadlifting, but he did what you weren't supposed to do and he lifted it up and he groaned and yelled and, he and then he just the threw the weights down less than a <laughs> foot from my foot which would have probably shattered my foot and that would have been bad but at first I was mad but then when I looked at the weight that was on there I was like I can't believe you lift that right but so, uh, I was actually impressed <laughs> you weren't you were even say you were impressed but uh, that's a lot of it's a lot of weight but I don't know if he was doing the right obviously if you can't uh, set the weights down if you're picking them up at the gym it was probably a lot of weight I know there's some exercises that they want you to be explosive when you're like you know lifting up, so you don't. It's not really necessary to draw uh, to set them down. You just let them go. But they kind of have rules over here and stuff like that, especially for those, yeah. They, those, those gyms are crowded. People are walking by, and yeah, you it's can one drop of those things on like they have inf information hanging on the walls, signs everywhere. Do not drop. Do not weights. drop the weights. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You want to do controlled motions, nice, slow, controlled up, controlled down. Uh, but if you get in a tricky situation, you don't have a spotter, drop the weight. Right. Don't hurt yourself. Uh, make sure everybody's – try to make sure people are clear, right. but just don't hurt yourself. Right. We but, can replace a weight, not you. But that, is, that isn't smart, not having a spotter, though, right? Not. So, not at all. You know, if, you don't, if you're at the gym by yourself, find – go to the guy next to you and ask him if he can spot you. Because if you're doing – there's – been some mild injuries in the gym so far and it's because people that we've heard of they they're not asking for help and they're trying to do squats and things by themselves yeah ask that guy that's been sitting on the bench press machine for 30 minutes staring at his biceps if he can help you out <laughs> yeah for about 30 seconds <laughs> captain burn are you angry that some people are taking too long at the gym some people I tell do you, i mean some some people just like to stare at themselves while they're lifting weights. I don't know what that's about. I Everybody, come look how good I look. <laughs> hey, I got another funny story. Okay, go ahead. I was in the gym, and there was, a, there was this guy, and he's he's on the curl machine, or the, the curl bar yes. and everything. He does three repetitions with, like, 10 pounds on each side, puts it down, walks away, and goes over 
and pulls his shirt up and starts flexing. Looking at his arm after three what? repetitions. Yeah. I, nice I, beefcake. <laughs> that's, that's that's true story. True story. Well, you, you know, can see I, the swole after. Well, three how, how about this? The initiative is there. Everybody wants to get. Yeah, to yeah get but I wanted that machine I to work out. I understand. <laughs> But, but at least we got people motivated. Uh, yeah. Sir, what other classes are you, are you teaching? Uh, so after the lifting mechanics, we're moving straight into a back class teaching core exercises, uh, more of a, in a preventative role. Uh, so every, we see a lot of chronic back pain, uh, some secondary lifting improperly. So if we can teach people how to strengthen the core, how to do functional exercise, and that carries over to daily activity, they're going to stay out of the clinic. They're going to have a, a better life. Uh, long term, not just in the military right. lifting stuff yeah. overhead. Injuring uh, your back is bad. I mean, yeah, I, I did that last year. Injured my back, and it it just takes you out for a while, especially when you get up in the age bracket like I am, up there in the old thirty two. Oh goodness, you know. No, so. I don't. That's oh man. All right, <laughs> but we got back classes. We'll have a knee and ankle classes, and everything is is fairly general. Uh, these classes don't replace going to the clinic and getting an evaluation if you okay. have an injury. Oh, they don't. They don't replace. They're just supplementing. That. They are supplementing. You know, a, a good baseline start. What, what can I do to strengthen this body region? Come to the class, learn the form, take it, and be fruitful. So, uh, speaking of supplements, do you have a class on that? Or we can, I know I know everybody orders that once they get over here in country. Yeah, so we can def- We don't have anything planned right now, but we can definitely set something up. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me, should I take protein? Should I take creatine? Should I take you know X Y Z supplements? Some people need it, some people don't. And it's all based on what what you're goal is with the exercise program are you trying to bulk up are you trying to thin down are you just a casual weightlifter passing time right Uh, i would recommend you know if you're a casual weightlifter just passing time you don't need anything right water a balanced diet and time in the gym will suffice and plenty of sleep and plenty of sleep building those rest days if you can get it no matter what the bottle says if you take protein and you do not work out bad things are going to happen Yes, you've seen it. Everybody here's seen the guy that takes and drinks the protein religiously, right? But never goes to the gym. Just gains weight, and he yep. just gets big. Yep. Really? Yeah, like beefcake. Uh, like Eric Cartman. Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody do that? <laughs> because they just want to order the supplements. They yeah. don't want to do the work. Yeah. Uh, they, well, because the, the the description on the side of the bottle that's not FDA approved, right, exactly. says this product will make you ripped, right? But in the little fine print it says with proper exercise and diet right which is basically 90 percent of the work in the first place exactly you got to put the time and effort in if you want to get the physique that you desire yeah proper exercise is important i mean knowing how to properly the proper mechanics for each exercise that's how i injured my back i was not doing exercises correctly i thought i was i wasn't you injured your liver i I I thought you injured your liver kidneys or something injured my back Oh, oh, yeah. close enough. Close enough. It's in oh, the back. Okay. It's in the back. <laughs> no, I thought region. you were taking a uh, supplement stuff. Oh no, no, that, oh, that was a long time. That was a long time. Ago. Ago. Oh, that was a long, long. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. you got to be careful with those supplements. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Head, heads up for everybody yeah, out there. Yeah, the supplements can punch you in the liver. We're gonna switch gears here. Just, just. Yeah, Doctor uh, Captain Corey Mead. Cody. That. Cody. Cody. Yeah. Cody I'm Mead. Uh, we're we're gonna switch gears here real quick. Um, I want to talk about for families back home. Uh, sir, you get you have a, we have a plan that's that's kicking off the black. Jack Charge Home. Exactly. We're, we're going to try to bring the entire brigade, uh, Rear D, as well as family members together in, into one massive event. Uh, and basically the, the theory behind it is we're going to run the entire distance from Bagram, Afghanistan, back to Fort Hood, Texas. How, how long is that? Uh, it's 7,790 miles, give or take a, uh, a few. So, so. How, so how are we actually going to run that distance? We're just going to track it. We're going to have a nice, nice big uh, Excel spreadsheet and 
people that want to get involved, they can shoot me their contact information. Uh, it's going to be broken down per company, uh, and people are just going to report the number that they, they run on a daily basis. And over time, that mileage is going to add up for the company, and hopefully at the end of everything, the brigade is going to have the total mileage uh, accumulated from Bagram to Fort Hood, Texas. That's the goal. But we're also looking for help from family members back home. Without a doubt. Because so. if they want to run back there in Fort Hood, Texas, there's going to be a way to track for family members to run back in Texas. If a kid runs half a mile, it's going to half count. Half a mile, hey, it counts. Here's what I'm saying. If you run a mile and you run a mile with your dog, that counts as two miles. What? what? No, Because <laughs> it's your dog? I sure. I mean, I don't know about that. But. I mean, my athletic event is Scrabble, so <laughs> I'm going to sort of pair those You know, down. dogs are considered family. I guess yeah. I guess just true. Dogs are considered family. So should we count dogs? So how, how are this we, is on the planning process right now, so we got to think about these right. things. Right. So it's still in the planning process? Is, it's still in the planning process. To figure this out. If you want family members to get involved, FRG to get involved, uh, Rear D, uh, I'm going to try to link up with uh, somebody at the brigade level FRG uh, to, to gather all the contact information, all the names, numbers, uh, and mileage, uh, and send it back to me. That way I can track everything. And at the end, or monthly, uh, weekly, we'll give basic stats. You know, who's got the top block, who's the most improved, what our total distance is for the brigade, total distance for company level, uh, and it'll just progress until we're actually on, our, on a bird back home. You know, I've seen people do this, but they usually do it over a one-year deployment. We're already, we're already a month into a nine-month deployment, so... Time is going to be short, so we have to put some miles in. Soldiers here and the families back home and make that happen. And could could we use the sir the walkers? Because we have a lot of injured personnel that walk. Without a doubt, if you're walking, if you're running, if you're jogging, if you're sprinting, if Grandpa wants to walk a mile, that's going to count. That's going to count. Well, here here's another thing, sir. What about people who aren't in Fort Hood also? So if it's families that you have family like in uh, Iowa and they want to get involved with that, they can track what they're doing from there and have all that sent exactly. back to the FRGs. Just track it back, give me the numbers, we'll, we'll apply it to our end total. Uh, we're not going to make things complicated. It's going to be from Bagram to Fort Hood, but if you got somebody in Maine that's running for you, by all means, we'll, we'll apply it to the home front at, at the Fort Hood level. That's some really nice I think, I think there's a cha- I think there's a challenge here <laughs> coming up. I think there's a challenge. We can we can challenge the families because I think the Army's going to win. I think the, our, our actual soldiers are going to beat the families. I'm going to throw that out there. So families, <laughs> if you want to step up and, and knock me down, Let's go. Let's bring it. Let's bring it. We can make this happen. That's, that's a lot of distance. It's a lot of distance, but we can seven thousand seven hundred and ninety miles. I think I think it's a good challenge. We need right all there. the help we can get. Well, we're gonna need that, but we just me and Sergeant Hoover. We're gonna do it by ourselves. I say we call out to the Blackjack Nation, brother. <gasps> I say, brother, we call out to the Blackjack Nation. I'm talking to you. All right, so we can make that happen definitely. I don't know what that was, but uh, just, you're welcome. I, you're welcome for that. Uh, so if we, if we need to locate you, sir, what are we going to do to find you? So because I'm traveling a lot, the best means to, to locate me is going to your local aid station. Every one of those aid stations has my contact information. Uh, they can look on the computer, find out where I am at that given date, and give you a contact number, or just put you down, uh, pencil you into my calendar, and I'll see you whenever I'm out at that given fob. Right, when you're going around to these fobs, are you learning anything else from soldiers that you're like, oh, I didn't think about that, or maybe applying, or is it pretty much... Yeah, yeah, so we're always trying to put in best practice. So if we see something that uh, one unit's doing really well, I'm going to share that with other units okay. to try to speed the glory, or sh- uh, share the glory with everybody. Uh, we don't want to you know, create a lot of issues or spread issues if we can solve it. Uh, it looks right now that we're ahead of the power curve in terms of injury prevention. We want to stay there the entire uh, deployment. Uh, we don't want to get behind. Uh, right now... I'm there, there's no wait to see me. You go in, I check you out, I get you in and out real quick uh, within an hour. So uh, you're not going to be waiting around 
at all. Okay. All right. What, what are you benching right now, sir? <laughs> what am I benching? I don't know. I'm not going to give that out right you're, now. You're not going to give that out? All right. Not, okay. not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Are you, are, you, are you working on a plan here while you're deployed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two a days. I got two a days. You right. got two a days going right two now. Two days right now. Well, make sure you get that rest. It's imp- oh, it's imp- it's, it's built important. In. All right. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> Thanks to the plan. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, we're we're gonna wrap things up right here. Thank you, everyone, for listening and hanging out with us here on the deal. Um, this episode, make sure to tell everyone you know to subscribe to the deal on iTunes and head back, head to our Blackjack Facebook page to find out what America's greatest soldiers okay. are doing. I got one oh, more. Oh, go ahead, sir. Jump, jump on in it's here just, at the end. Just like you had a shout out earlier, I just I wanted to give a shout out to my sis, sister-in-law Joanna down in Florida. Huge, huge fan of the show. She's got it all over Facebook, and she's constantly pushing it out to other people. So, just wanted to thank you for that, and send us some more cookies. <laughs> and send cookies. Well, it is new and noteworthy. It is According new and to iTunes. That's right. That's that right. We got it right here. I'm Army Sergeant Elliot Valdez. Army Staff Sergeant Jonathan Hoover. Captain Justin Zimmerman. Army Captain Marcus Byrne. We are out, everybody. Catch us on the next show. Hi, my name is Staff Sergeant Avion Sherman, I'm Charlie Company 1-8 Cav. I want to give a shout out to my wife and my lovely, beautiful kids back in uh, Fort Hood, Texas. I miss you and I love you. This is First Lieutenant Martin Lane. Um, I want to give a shout out to my wife Donna, and my two little girls, Kate and Zaylin. PB2 Dustin Goldston, um, 1-8 Cav, Texas. I want to do a shout out to my mom, my brothers. My girlfriend and my, and my dad. Fort Worth, Texas, San Antonio, Texas. Hey, this is PV2 Cheyenne Casino um, with uh, 1-8 HHC. I just want to give a shout out to my family, my friends, everybody back in Hawaii, Waipahu. Go Marauders every day, all day, every day. Hey, this is Sergeant Tommen from Kandahar, Afghanistan. Want to shout out to my lovely wife and kids from Fort Hood, Texas. Aaron, Tisha, Kobe, Sierra, Little Ajani, and my wife, Regina. I love you. Hey, what's up? This specialist, Derek, is wise. All the way from Afghanistan, I just want to give a shout out from, uh, to my friends and family and to my uh, company that's out there at Pasab. Are y'all holding it down? Can't wait to see y'all back here. Uh, shout out to my wife and my parents, everybody. I love y'all. Peace.